Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Let's be honest, some dogs just need an opportunity to run around off-leash so that it's easier to live with them. The only caveat to that is that not all dogs are trustworthy off-leash. That is why I created my 21-day recall training program, Trustworthy Recalls. I give you the exact framework that I use to get Wayland's recall to almost 100% reliability. As an added bonus in Trustworthy Recalls, we've also just added a whistle recall training plan. So whether you need to train a verbal cue or a whistle recall, we got you in our 21-day training program, Trustworthy Recalls. Link to that is in the show notes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have one of my most favorite trainers with me today. She's the best. If you don't know her already, you should know her. She is one of the coaches for Reactive Redefined. And not only is she an amazing trainer, but she is a wonderful human being. So we're going to talk all about the Malinois puppy that she is raising. Okay, so Steffer, the listeners who don't know you already, can you just give them like a little brief rundown on you? Uh, Yes, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you and talk about Moxie the Malligator. Um, So I'm Steph. I work with Rachel for a Good Feeling Dog Training. I also have my own um, mobile nail trimming business for cats and dogs. I drive all around town and trim um, animal nails all day long. Um, And then in between that, I'm also trying to raise a now 10-month-old Malinois with my other two senior dogs and cat in a one apartment. So it's been a wild ride. It's been a fun, um, what she's been here since July fun, you know, eight, nine, 10 months. And yeah. <laughs> so excited to talk more about it. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So everyone, I wanted to have stuff on the podcast today because I know that a lot of you are also raising adolescent dogs and you're kind of feeling like WTF. I have done everything I'm supposed to do with this dog. And it still kind of feels like it's unraveling. Please know that is normal. Adolescent dogs are a lot. So I wanted Steph to kind of share her experience with Moxie, just so that you all can understand that you are not alone, right? Stephanie's a fantastic trainer, KPA certified, but adolescence is rough, no matter your skill set. Okay, Stephanie, take us back to the beginning before, I mean, really, she lived with you. Like, take us back to that, because I know she's a wonderful breeder. Yeah, she came from a fantastic situation, so... I knew I've always wanted a Belgian Malinois, my dream dog and my next dog. Um, but I knew finding one would be a challenge because I specifically wanted one to come from positive reinforcement breeder, um, trainer, somebody who was not going to be exposing the dogs to any sort of like negative anything, um, even early on in their life. I mean, it was important to me that the parents, um, what, how they were raised and upheld in the training that they were um, like used to. Um, and so far, you know, I had found so many 
like breeders with beautiful Malinois that these dogs are like gorgeous looking and they're doing all these like amazing, incredible like sports and bite work and protection and whatever with them. But they're on phone collars and they're on e-collars and that's, you know, all they know. Um, and that was not what I wanted. So when Richard from the Domesticated Dog um, posted one uh, May morning that his Malinois uh, female was having a litter of puppies, I was like, oh boy, um, here we go. I'm, I'm like, about to okay, have a puppy. Like, yeah, this is happening. <laughs> um, Richard is an incredible trainer. He's also KPA certified. Um, and he uh, bred his male and female who have both only ever known positive reinforcement for free training um, and watching. He shared the entire uh, I mean, story of raising this litter of puppies for the first nine weeks and watching all of the things that he exposed them to and um, introduced them to and just did for them was, I mean, that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, and that's why I now have a melon while a little earlier than I was expecting and planning on. Um, so, but she was like absolutely meant to be and I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'm very glad, um, like it was very important to me that she came from um, a breeder who you know, prioritized, um, positive reinforcement. So. Yeah. Well, and like, just for everyone listening, who isn't like wildly familiar with the breed, right. Belgian Malinois, they are used for a lot of like police work, protection work, right. Like they're a very sought after breed for a reason, but I think like, you know, to kind of circle back to like the, why you wanted like a responsible breeder who was like committed to humane training is that a lot of Malinois because of just their breed alone, they, there's this horrible stigma and people justify like really abusive stuff because of the breed. And that can have a whole host of negative ripple effects, which you knew. And that's why you were not going to get a dog who came from some sort of like breeder history of that nature. Right. Because you know, they're bitey dogs, like exactly. design. And yeah. you know, there's so much fallout and room for like redirected aggression and a lot of stuff. So like, you know, for everyone just to kind of fill you in on like why it was so important to stuff to, to find a responsible breeder. Yeah. And Richard and I, we talked about that a lot and how the breed just because they can take and handle so much and they are fairly like tough dogs on the outside. And that's what they're kind of perceived as people just kind of think like they can deal with it. And that's not the truth. That's not how it works. I mean, she is the bitiest dog I've ever had. um, But she's also the absolute sweetest and like the neediest and like just wants all the cuddles and love. And just the fact that people generally don't see that side of these dogs and they just don't expect that of them. And so they just think that they have to be super intense and use, um, you know, punishment-based methods. And it's just not... (laughs) It's not necessary. So that's really what my goal and intention was with Moxie with getting her is to prove to the world that you don't need to use any of those methods. Um, You know, even though they are bitey dogs, and they can be a lot and she can definitely be turned on. And I like sometimes I'm like, Oh, my God, like, what was I thinking? And I'm ready to like, (laughs) send you back today. But um, (laughs) like that's you know, she's she's exactly what I wanted. That's not really going to happen. Um, But that's exactly the breed. And that's what I wanted and I know I can see how easy it can be to just fall to like the ease of like, well, I'm just going to like punish this away. And then it's just easier to deal with. And it's, you know, it's not necessary. So. Well, it's cruel, right? Yes. So cruel. Right. Yes, exactly. 
Okay. So tell everybody, right? So, you know, she came from a fantastic breeder. She had an amazing first nine weeks of life. Can you Mm -hmm. just help the listeners understand like what your like puppy priorities were for her when she came home? Because, you know, different breeds have different predispositions, right? And because you knew Mm -hmm. a lot about the breed, I think that a lot of her early socialization, like was very specific to who she is as like a genetic individual. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know like I've seen these dogs be very, very intense and a lot and have a lot of like reactivity towards other dogs on leash because people get worried and scared and don't expose them and socialize them and do anything with them and just keep them away. Um, and I wanted to make sure to like properly socialize her to the point where she can, you know, enjoy dogs, play with other dogs. Um, but also to the point where you can, she can, you know, have a little bit of engagement with me around other dogs, which is, uh, it didn't exactly go as I was hoping, even with, you know, all the stuff that we did early on. And sometimes that's, that's the way it works. Um, but yeah, so I wanted, I wanted her to be well socialized. I wanted her to be comfortable going places with me um, because she is the dog that's traveling around with me for work, driving around with me all day, going to um, other people's houses. I happen to have um, family members and other close trainer friends with puppies around the same age at the same time. So that was really fun um, for them to all kind of grow up together. Um, but yeah, now she, we really, really love dogs. Um, we also unfortunately had a few um, experiences that I wasn't super thrilled with that did set us back a little bit that we're now dealing with and so you know just like shows you even trainers like it's not always perfect Um, it doesn't always go how we like planned in the beginning or how we wanted um and then you know it's it's a learning curve I feel like we're she's 11 months this month and you know even two months ago I was like wow like, I kind of feel like I'm starting to get to know you and figure this out. <laughs> so, God, The ever evolving, like, changes and adolescence. Yes. So I want to circle back to, like, the unfortunate things that happened with dogs, right? Because yeah. I think that, you know, we all do the best that we can to make sure that, like, in those early critical stages, right, like, eight weeks to 16 weeks, We're making sure our puppies have really good quality, positive experiences with as many things as we possibly can, but we also can't control everything. Right. And I think that I just want to give everyone a little bit of permission here to give yourself some grace that like, if it doesn't go well, it's Mm -hmm. okay. Right. Like that is just like, that is just the nature of it. And, you know, I think the nice thing about her, right. Is that like, she has good genetics. She came from a good Mm -hmm. background and, you know, dogs can be resilient, right. We don't want to consistently ask that of them, but you know, sometimes shit shit happens, right. Everyone listening. I don't know if I've ever told the story before. Maybe I have, but when Waylon was like mm, 11 weeks old, he got bit by fucking Sonny, my dog. And he oh, had God, stitches. It was, I felt like the biggest failure ever. <laughs> he, Waylon is amazing with dogs. Totally fine. Right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, obviously we want to do our best to make that socialization window as positive as we can, but you know, we can't control everything. This is the world yeah. that we live in, right? Yeah. And you weren't going to keep her inside, right? Like it was right. getting her out, exposing her to people, places, and things. I remember All when that. she came over when she was just a tiny puppy Gosh. for the puppy play day with Uncle Walt. So cute. Yeah. And Waylon like would not give her the time of day. He was like, <laughs> no, no. He's like, no, whatever. 
<laughs> so okay. Cute. Okay. So I want to kind of go to like, okay. So she gets out of like her early puppy stages, mm-hmm. right? She's like 16 and beyond. You were having weekly play dates with her. You were continuing mm-hmm. to get her out in the world a little bit more. Do you want to speak to some of like the foundational, like training skills that you prioritized early on? Yeah. So that definitely also shifted. Um, so I, like, I'm so used to having a dog that wanted to work and train and like learn tricks. So Dakota is my little Chelsea and she was my KPA, um, partner dog. And she just, I mean, she literally, I worked her once like for two days in a row and then we were up for two days and she, cause she's constipated cause she ate too much cheese because we trained too much. Like that's the level of dog that I'm used to working with. And so with Moxie, I'm like, oh my God, like a Malinois, like I got, we're going to teach her this and this and this. And I have a whole list written down and, and we kind of, I try to start and she's kind of like, I don't know what you're doing, but I want to go play with this toy over here. <laughs> and I like want nothing to do with this, but I have other things to do. And she is much more like play motivated than work motivated. Um, and so I had all of these like skills that I wanted to like start working on from the get go. And, you know, even just like like her down stay her down and her go to bed and um door manners and all of these things and so instead of focusing so much on like the little like minuscule parts I focused on like okay the day-to-day skills that we need like she has to get geared up in her harness every time we leave so that that just became like a natural thing that we worked on every single time she got geared up and now it's naturally on cue. Anything we need to put on her harness, sweaters, muzzle, anything is get dressed and she does it. Um, and that was not something I prioritized with like previous dogs that is not, this is not like a sit, this is not a state behavior, but it's something that's so important in our day to day that we needed that. Um, stuff like just waiting at the door, waiting at the top of the stairs, um, easy little things like that. And then the emotional side of things. So making sure I was meeting her needs. I let go of like all of the trick things and how quickly I wanted her to learn them and all of that. And just started focusing on like, okay, what can I do with her to get her just engaged with me and just wanting to do anything with me in general. Um, And that was my biggest like priority. Um, So starting that in low distraction areas, even within the house, because even there, like she's like, yeah, I want to want to hang out and check in with you, but I still kind of have better things to do. Um, so, you know, I had these things I wanted to do and I had to break it down into even smaller steps because it, it didn't move as quickly as I wanted it to go. But because I did that, instead of getting frustrated with her and like forcing her into doing the things that I thought she needed to learn early on, we have such a stronger relationship already now. I mean, she chooses, I got her to like run away from a rabbit and run back to me because like we have this solid foundation and she chooses to be around like be with me and she knows that I'm very very highly reinforcing um I've had to you know play with that too to find what's reinforcing for her and that completely changed my world um so yeah it kind of was like she taught me to let go of my entire training game plan (laughs) and like let her kind of take the wheel and then go from there and build on, um, what she wanted. 
Um, and that has gotten us so much further um, than like all those other silly little things that now she can do, you know, now she like, she loves weaving between my legs and we're working on our heel work and like all of that because she's like, yeah, like I want to hang out with you and play with you because this has been heavily reinforced for the last 10 months. So um, yeah, it just didn't go as quick as I wanted it to. <laughs> well, and I think too, like we have to be honest about the fact that like, while you knew what you were getting yourself into, you also run a business. You yes. also have two other dogs. You also yeah. have relationships that you want to spend time and energy on. And I think that like, that's really important for all of us to remember and like, you know, kind of check ourselves that like, yeah. we need to get functionality and just life skills first. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that is enough time and energy, right? Yes. Like, that's okay. Let's just do that yeah. for a while. Like, let's just get those solid because all dogs can learn tricks, right? Like you can, right. you can always get to those. We can always yeah. get to that fun stuff, but it's like, sometimes we just have to prioritize, like, can you put on your harness and go outside and go potty? Like, can we yes. do this together? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that's natural. I think that's all of us, right. That we have these like big, amazing plans, but I think because she is a Malinois, I feel like there's just like <laughs> a little bit more pressure, right? Like you feel yeah. like, oh my God, I have this yeah. extraordinary dog. I have to teach her all of the things. So much. I mean, so much on social media is like, you know, the reels and TikToks, like, look at this, like, you know, 12 week old Malinois and all these crazy things it can do already. And it's like, oh my God. It's like, but like, how does that dog do in like a busy environment? Like, are they stable emotionally? Like, are they, do they want to hang out with their handler or their owner? Like, where are they at and all those aspects that you're not seeing when they're doing all these, you know, fun little tricks and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's hard because there's definitely the stigma on <laughs> these, these more intense breeds. Um, I've had so many people reach out to me just from the stories and the struggles I've been sharing lately with her and be like, oh my God, like, thank you. Like so many people share like their successes with these dogs because so many people just want to show that off and they're so fun to show off and it is so cool. But like, it's a lot when they're not all together and they're not doing the things you want them to do and they're screaming and you're like, oh my God, what do I do right now? Um, and I, I just want to share that side of things too because it is real. It's so like, that's our reality right now and that's the way it is. And that's, we're doing what we can do um, to work through it right now. But that's my priority is, her emotional well-being and her happiness and what she needs um, versus like what I think I want her to like do and what I can show off and like, you know, <laughs> what kind of okay, things she can do. But it is humbling as fuck to be like, you have all these plans. And then this little puppy is like, uh, no, you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have, I need to, you need to meet me where I'm at. This is what yeah. I do right now. And like, I love that so much about like bringing a puppy into your life. Like that forced lesson you have to learn and like humility, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Right. And like, you know, I think that you are such a bright shining example of like when we open ourselves up and we realize that like, it's not about our agenda. It's about the dog's well being. Exactly. That just opens up that beautiful connection between the two of you, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's not about what anyone says about her on social media, right? It's about yeah, exactly. what happens at the end of the day when she snuggles up next to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's what's important. So yeah, we're learning a lot together. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So I want to, um, I want you just to talk a little bit about this because I know that a lot of um, Malinois, a lot of border collies get go into homes in hopes of them being like agility champions. Um, yeah. So, and I know that that was a big priority for you, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, you didn't, you don't 
do you want to compete in agility? Like, what are your goals with that? I'd like to, um, obviously I've done, I did agility for years with Dakota, but we never got to that level. Um, I just agility is so much fun for me and she like has picked it up so fast. I mean, she started, I started her in class like this Saturday, no, a week after I brought her home, she's been going to class and she loves it. Um, so yeah, ultimately my goal with her makes me really nervous that I would like to compete with her one day. Um, so that's where we're going to. So that's also why we're working through our class challenges right now because we've gotten really lucky with our agility class where it's basically like a private class with our best, you know, our best puppy friend, which is fantastic. Um, but it's not realistic in the agility world that like, she's going to go in and have this entire like place to herself and not see any other dogs or people. Um, so now we're kind of like, okay, we need to help her feel comfortable, like in agility, you know, in new experiences with more people. We have a new person in our class with a new dog, which is definitely helping. Um, so yeah, so I have big goals for that, but I'd also like to try other things with her. Well, my goal, my my initial goal with her was to also try other things, but here we are 11 months later and we still haven't like gotten any of those things started. So, you know, maybe one day and maybe not, and that's okay. Um, I would really, really like to do some like fun bite work stuff with her, but I would like to do it all positive reinforcement force free and finding anything in person in the area right now that is, positive reinforcement for spray for that is like impossible right now um for me at least what I found so doing virtual stuff is kind of where we're at with that and just working on what we can foundationally at home um but I mean just like most of the rest of our conversation I had I had so many plans in the beginning and they're all just kind of like going different directions but so far agility is she we both love agility we're both having a lot of fun in agility she is really really fast um I thought Dakota was fast and I thought Dakota picked stuff up really fast in agility and Moxie is even faster so um I think we can like do some really cool stuff there oh my god and you know I think that something that's so beautiful about agility is like it is a team sport right like you literally do have to do it together and I think that like regardless of what happens with your like agility career whether it happens or not I think that there's so much functionality of like the teamwork that you yes. learn in agility, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and I love it. And oh my God, watching your stories of her agility classes <laughs> are the best because you can just tell so much fun. she is just like, you know, metaphorical fingers in the air. Like, yes. Yes. This is the best ever. Yes. Right? So I love how you've created that outlet, right? For her to have yeah. joy for you guys to work as a team. And maybe that turns into, you know, a bright, shining agility career. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Okay. So let's kind of fast forward to more recently. Let's talk like nine months until today. Can you guys share with the listeners a little bit more of like some of the challenges that are coming up and like the functionality of your day today? Yeah. So, um, I realized over the last few months that I was heavily prioritizing like meeting her physical needs and thinking that she needed to get out and do stuff and did not prioritize as much of the like, hey, we need to just chill and have an off switch (laughs) like earlier in the day to like different times of the day. And it's, you know, I mean, 
she does, I know dogs in general and especially Malinois and working dogs do better with a schedule, um, with like a set schedule, but my life just doesn't always work that way with what I do. And so I needed her to like be used to that. Um, and so we were doing pretty good until, I don't know, it was like the seven, eight months. There was like a little bit, it was like the first half of eight months. I was like, oh my God, like, okay, this is, I really like this stage. Like we're doing really good. Like she's awesome. And then the last half of eight months, I was like, oh my God, you like, what just happened? Like, who are you? Like, you're a little demon and I want nothing to do with you right now. And it's like, have we worked on anything like at all over the last, like anything, like anything. Um, that was also around when we had a couple of back-to-back incidents with dogs on leash and off leash that were not you know not things that I would have let how I would have liked them to go um like she gets snarked at or what like tell us more of those details yeah so we had um we had uh just a little incident with some um we got to meet a dog we got to meet a dog the same age as her um but then all of the other sibling dogs came out into the backyard too and kind of like chased her. It was an awfully situation at somebody else's house trying to do a meet and greet. And the other dogs got a little bit more intense than we expected and just like to like chased after her um, and just kind of like freaked her out and like had her like cornered under a deck for a minute before we could like get them out and get all the dogs back inside and get her away. Um, so that was rough. Um, a little, it just wasn't like, it, it is what it is, right? Like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't awful. It just wasn't what I, like, would have wanted to happen, but it, it happened, and then we just had to get out of it, and it was whatever, and um, when we moved on, um, but then right at, like, two days after that, we were at Home Depot do, doing some training work, um, and we were checking out, and she was in um, a middle under my legs, because I kind of like to do that when we're checking out with, if I'm shopping by myself, so I know she's, like, right with me, um, and so I was working with her practicing that while my boyfriend was checking out for us and this dog just came out of nowhere on, um, he was on a, uh, retractable leash in the store, not like attached to anything, just on his collar. And so, I mean, he took out like four people with the leash to come around the corner to like charge at us once he like smelled her and it came, like he came around the corner from behind us. And so we didn't see it coming until like he was there. And so it like scared the crap out of both of us. And we were like, oh my God. And I like, Luckily, we were by the door, so I could, like, just be lined out. I just, like, used a handful of treats in front of her face, kind of grabbed her harness with the handle on it, and just, like, made a dash for it. Um, but, yeah, so I just think, you know, having multiple instances that unfortunately happened back-to-back a few days in a row, it made her a little bit more leash-reactive. Um, and so after that, with the, you know, the week after that, when we tried – Again, after she had run agility, we tried to stop at like a patio to have a a drink and she saw a dog on leash and just like lost it. And up to that point, she had been going with us on patios and been totally fine. Um, So yeah, so that was hard and I had a little bit of a a meltdown. Um, As you know, I have, as a trainer myself, I have very high expectations of myself and of her and I felt like I failed her because you know what had happened um there was not you know it was no one's fault um but so yeah so I kind of you know started reaching out then to like try and find somebody like an outsider's perspective that I could like work with to come in and like help me and I talked to a few trainers um which interestingly enough is a little bit challenging I had a few people turn me down because I'm a trainer they wouldn't work with me um so that was interesting um 
but and then you know a few fantastic people that I talked to that were like just after like a few conversations and talking through everything and then being like so like you know what you're doing like you just need like it's okay like it's and it's also it's totally okay to mess up that was the best thing somebody one of the trainers told me was um she's like I feel like you just need somebody to come with you to watch you and to tell you that it's okay to fuck up <laughs> I was like oh thank you okay <laughs> like and so that was right about like that nine month mark and I was like literally like that was such like a breath of relief that another trainer like somebody that had never talked to me before told me that and I was like you're right like it is okay like this is okay that she's not like perfect and that she's not perfect in public right now and that we had this stuff happen and like we're gonna work through it and it's gonna be fine um so yeah so that happens to you know trainers too <laughs> Um, so we got through that though. And then I just, I did everything. It's hard sometimes. I feel like you're so close with your own dog that it's easy to forget. It's like everything that the trainer told me is everything that I tell my own clients that, you know, that we talk to our clients about and I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I know that. And it was just such a good reminder. Um, I just feel like we're so close to our own dog sometimes. Like when you're in the heat of the moment, you're so emotionally charged, you go into like panic mode and just whatever. And you forget all of the things that like, I would be telling my client to do if I was out with them doing that. So, um, so that's been early, like adolescence, teenagehood. <laughs> um, so we had some ups and downs and so we just took a break. So we stopped, we stopped going to breweries. We stopped going to Home Depot. We stopped, um, going to public places for a little bit, took some time to like decompress and then ease back into it, like with distance. <laughs> um, and that's what we're slowly kind of working back into now. And it's going, it's, you know, it's a work in progress, but it's going a lot better. We, um, I feel like she feels more comfortable and is more confident. Um, I can still see, like, it's, it's interesting to see when she first started reacting on leash. It's like, I could see in her what had happened in those two experiences with the <clears throat> other dogs, like see that coming out um, in her emotions. Um, so just trying to get to a place like where she feels comfortable and confident again and like, okay, um, with dogs on leash. So that's part of why we're doing the group class as well right now to get that practice. Um, and in person. Yeah. An in-person group class. Cause we had not done that. Um, you know, another one of those things that I wanted to do with her that just life kind of suddenly, you know, she was nine weeks old, like yesterday, right? Like now we're 10 months old. Like how did that happen? um so and here we are um so so yeah that's where we're at with like group classes and adolescence is it's a lot I mean today got her out we got out for a decompression walk and you know we have multiple walks in a row that are fantastic and then today it's like she is there's nothing in there and she's just gone and I'm like I'm gonna kill you (laughs) so um but then we get it out she gets it all out we like walk we breathe and then she's like a dog again and so I just have to remember that like she just needs that outlet um well and it's like you know none of us are immune from being so deeply invested in these dogs you know what I mean and it's like when you've spent the last 10 months, like basically giving her all that you have, it kind of feels like, like a slight personal betrayal, right? Like you feel like, you know, and it's hard. It's really, really hard. But I think that it's important for everyone listening to remember that this is normal. This is life. This is what's happening, right? Like there is a reason that the vast majority of my clients come to me and I work with them when the dog is eight months old until they're like two 
right? Like there's a very specific reason for that. That's normal. And I think that we have to remind ourselves that cognitively Moxie is not mature yet. Her brain Mm -hmm. is not like fully functioning like an adult dogs would. And that's okay. That's normal. That's just what's happening. And I love so much what you said about like, cool, we're just going to take a step back, right? So like, we're not going to go to breweries for just a little bit. We're not going to go to Home Depot for just a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes that's the answer, everybody. Sometimes it's just like, cool. So let's make things easy for like a couple of weeks and let's deposit some more reinforcement and trust into the emotional bank account. And then we start getting back there. Right. I feel like so many of my clients are like, dude, she was amazing until like two days ago. And like, everything is lost. Like, no, it isn't. Not everything is lost. Sometimes the answer is literally like, let's give the dog a break in a little bit more time for their brain to mature. Exactly. (laughs) Like sometimes that's just the answer. And that is normal. That's the status quo, right? Like, And I think we have to remind ourselves that like, you know, every breed is going to have different predispositions. Every breed is going to have different, you know, you know, struggles and successes. Right. And, you know, I think that Moxie is a dog who has so many things under her belt already. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think even things that you take for granted, right. That like, you don't even think about amazing things that she does. Right. Right. For everyone listening, if you have an adolescent dog right now, I want to encourage you to do something. I want you to write down a list of three behaviors that you got for free. Basically, you put in no effort at all. The dog just does it. I want you to write those down. I want you to put down three things that you put in the work and it's going really well. And I want you just to look at those and I want you to celebrate those and I want you to feel good about those. Don't write down anything that isn't going well. Don't do that to yourself. Right. But I want you to celebrate some things you got for free. I want you to celebrate some things that you definitely trained into the dog. And I want you to let that be enough for today. Right. Like, I think we're just hard on ourselves. Right. Like, not right. It's not Moxie. It's us. Right. Like our own inner ego and thought process. And, you know, it's we can save ourselves from so much stress and unnecessary turmoil when we can just be like adolescent dogs are hard. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> so hard. I feel the struggle. Every time I talk to a client, they're like, oh my God. And then like, trust me, I know. Like this is like, especially the like pulling and we stage walking right now. Like I have quite a few clients that are like, this is such a struggle. And I'm like, I'm with you every day. Like every time we put on the leash, we are working on this. Like it's, it's always a work in progress. It's not just like easy all the time. So uh, yeah. And I think too, like in her age range, right. It's like kind of one of those, we get in this like mental thought process where like, yeah. it's almost a year, like, should right. we be going? Right. Now? Exactly. Like, like she should be an adult. No, <laughs> no, you have like, no. hopefully like 15 more years yeah. to grow with her. Yeah. Right. Like, and I think we have to remind ourselves that there's no end point. Yeah. Right. This is a journey. This is not a fixed point in time. And that is a beautiful thing. And if we can, you know, do a little bit better, like setting ourselves in that, we got to enjoy it instead of being (laughs) like, I'm the worst trainer ever. This dog is never going to get better because neither of those things are true. Right. You're a fantastic And Moxie is going to mature into a brilliant, brilliant little girl. I just know it. I just know it. Oh my God. Okay. So Steph, if you had to give one piece of advice to the listeners who are maybe struggling with an adolescent dog, what would you tell them? Man, I would say like, I, you just like popped in my head at the end of you, like talking there is just enjoy the heck out of your dog right now. Like it goes 
so fast. Like literally, like she was nine weeks like yesterday and I miss puppyhood. Like I've been going through all of my like old pictures and videos already because like, like she does like her brain is not an adult right now, but she looks more like an adult than she has in the past, like even the last two months. And it like, it goes by in the blink of an eye. And I just like, I'm already missing puppyhood and adolescence. And so instead of like, hyper-focusing and punishing yourself and being like, oh my God, we have to do this, this, and this. And like, this isn't working. Like, enjoy your dog, enjoy your puppy while they're young and while they have this energy. Cause I mean, I, you know, she's back sleeping behind me. She's passed out. She's 11 months old, but then my little 11 year old is right next to her. And like the last 11 years, like went by so fast. Like Dakota was also just like her age yesterday. And she is like, I enjoy the heck out of my senior dogs and appreciate everything that I put into them over the last few years because like, oh my God, it was so worth it. So yeah, it's just, their lives are so short with us that it's not worth focusing on like, oh my God, how, you know, how many behaviors can you do in any given point of time or whatever, like just have fun and go out and be in nature and play with your dog and enjoy them. Oh my God, dude, seriously, all the chills. Because it's like, you know, you have like a very brutal contrast on your hands, right? 11 (laughs) years and 11 months, right? Like, I love kind of that first perspective for you. That's good, right? Yeah, yeah. I know, seriously, it's like, you know, sometimes I'll have a moment where I'll be like a little frustrated with Waylon. And then I think about the fact that Tiva left us last month. And I'm like, I check myself. I'm like, yeah. sister, laugh about this, right? Yeah, exactly. Him, celebrate him right now because mm-hmm. yeah, it's fleeting and nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. So, you know, the more we can show up and be present and just enjoy our dogs for who they are, even if they're butthead hooligans right now. Yeah. <laughs> absolute hooligans she is an absolute menace to society that's her full name (laughs) oh my god I love her so much okay so everyone if you don't already follow Steph on Instagram do that and you can see all of the moxie content Steph what is your Instagram handle um Steph under underscore click treat Steph thank you for being such a beautiful human being thank you for having me thanks for tuning in I hope you enjoyed the show If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.